and he's going to finish it. And you're going to be a part of it. How about that? Amen. <laughs> Our theme scripture this month. I thought we'd use a good theme scripture to keep everybody happy and focused. Can you put um, our theme scripture up? Psalms 133 and 1. Let's read that together. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. How good and pleasant. How many like good and pleasant? All right? For brethren to dwell together in unity. All right? How can brethren dwell together and not speak to one another? That don't even make no sense to me. That's why it's not pleasant. Maybe you're the cause for the pleasant not showing up. So we're going to have to bypass ourself to please God. Because he says, look, it's good and it's pleasant for brethren to come together. It does not say based on differences, faults, or failures. It says for us to come together. Somebody say, I will obey. obey. All right, that's good. Now let's get into the lesson. Turn to uh, Ephesians chapter number one. Ephesians chapter number one. Ephesians chapter number one. As we're turning the pages, I'm so overjoyed. One of my aunties is in town from Las Vegas and the family, and they're here today. Just can I get away from you guys? Amen. You know, it's good for brethren to dwell together in unity. Um, as, as they're here, um, my aunt, she um, laid to rest. Her son, her oldest son, went on to be with the Lord. And we're going to be praying for my auntie. Amen? We know where he is, but for the family, we, we just got to keep praying because we miss our loved ones. Amen? All right, but when we come together, it makes it a whole lot easier. Amen? All right. Ephesians chapter number one, verse number two. If you found it, please rest to your feet. If you don't have your Bibles, the word will be on the wall. But I would suggest to you to start carrying your Bibles. You don't show up to a gunfight without your gun, so you got to show up to your battlefield with the word. Amen? Amen. The sword of power. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this divine opportunity in which you have given us, and we delight with great pleasure that you called our name this morning. We heard your voice, and we made it to your house of worship. We thank you, God, that you are the God of unity, that you are breaking down every wall of division, that we may come together and be your church. You are our head, and so we look to you. 
We ask now, Lord, that you would come and feed us with your divine, holy, inspired, prophetic word. That it may come as a two-edged sword, cutting away all carnality that we can come and worship you in the fullness of your glory through spirit and truth. Father, I know that I am not the preacher nor the teacher. Send your spirit now that it may manifest and come and teach and preach to us. That we, your church, would have an ear to hear what the spirit has to say to his church. Let your voice be so clear that it would bring order to our steps, bringing us to the unity that you have called us to be, that we would experience a great move from you. Father, we love you and we praise you. And as I stand here on holy ground, I submit my spirit unto you, God. Hold back and down the spirit of Felix, that your spirit may elevate in such a way that we would hear your voice that we would hear what you have to say. And Father, we know if you say it, it shall be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Beginning in verse number two, chapter number one. <clears throat> Paul writes, grace to you and peace from God. He begins, I'm going to stop. He begins, he says, grace to you and peace from God. That means if you get peace from God, you don't have to look for peace for people. Grace to you, that means you have all grace already. All right? Paul is talking to the people that are up under grace. Are we up under grace? Amen. Amen. All right, so he says, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Say, we got it all. Every spiritual gift, you already have them. Every spiritual gift. So you don't have to be afraid of a demon. They're afraid of you. Every spiritual gift. In the heavenly place. Okay. Just as he chose us in him. Say in him. Amen. Before the foundation of the world that we should be holy without blame before him in love. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Christ to himself, by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasures of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Hallelujah! That right there is enough for us to be happy and excited for the rest of our life. But he has more. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins 
according to the riches of his grace which he made us to ab- which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence having made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure wow this is all about him which he purposed in himself oh my goodness that in the dispensation of the fullness of time he might gather together he might gather together he might gather together in one all things in Christ now how many of you know you a thing in Christ he says in time he gathering it all together as one so we might as well quit kicking against the goads and just go with the flow Mm-hmm. both which are in heaven and which are on the earth in him in him also we have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will that we who first trusted that we, he we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory in him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth the gospel of your salvation in whom also having believed you were sealed say it's done with the Holy Spirit of promise. Now, once God gives you the Holy Spirit of promise, it's a done deal. Because his promises cannot be broken. Who is the Holy Spirit of promise? Who is the guarantee? Who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession? to the praise of his glory. Is that a good word? Shout amen. Amen. It says, until the redemption of the purchase. We're already purchased. Until the redemption, we're being redeemed. Isn't that good? All right, I want you to look back at verse number 11. In him also we have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things to the counsel of his will. I want to lift the weight off of you today. I want to lift the weight off of your situation. I want you to know that it's all in him. It's in him. No matter what going on, if you don't remember anything for the rest of your life, remember it's all in him.
we cannot unify unless it's in him. Amen? Tell your neighbors in him. You may be seated. In this particular, just this per, uh, pericope of this chapter, just this small portion of the chapter, we see um, Paul writing to us um, to try and shift the church from carrying unnecessary baggage. Sometimes we carry unnecessary baggage, and because we're carrying the wrong baggage, um, we tend to use that baggage in the wrong way because it wasn't our baggage in the first place. So Paul writes to the church of Ephesus. Now, this church is a, is a mature body of believer. When he writes, he is in Ephesus, and he's, write, he's writing to them to encourage the church to come together, even though they were yet mature they had problems on coming together. And the reason why they had problems coming together is because they were carrying unnecessary baggage that didn't belong to them. And that's what has happened in the church. Even though we are yet mature, we carry baggage that does not belong to us. We carry around the hurt from other people and we judge them because we, we have, we're carrying it and it's really not ours to carry. And the Bible says, cast all your care. God says, cast all your cares unto me, for I care for you. And you have cares that you have not casted to God. And so Paul is talking to a mature church. I believe that he is speaking volumes yet to us today. Because God wants to make us better, and we have allowed things to make us better. I'm going to say that again. God's desire is to make us better, and we have allowed things to make us bitter. And the reason why we have allowed things to make us bitter is because there's still too much of you sitting on the throne. <clears throat> I know you guys might rock me. It's my birthday, so to be gentle today. Uh, uh, but, but I believe that this word is, is to encourage you. It is not, it is not a, a, a word to beat you up, but it's a word of, of direction. I believe that when we agripulate to this word, it's going to change everything. So Paul writes to the mature church, and, you know, we got some areas together, but there's areas that he is defining to us that has been holding us back, and we don't know that it's holding us back from picking up everything God has already given to us but yet we have not come together because it's going to take all of us coming together for us to get what he has already put in place. So God, before he makes a major move, you will notice that God, all throughout the Old Testament, in order for God to do something major, he would usually take the church or the group of believers down to a minimal so that he could be glorified by the least of the people. So, and he brings it down to a minimal so that so his power would be used and people won't focus on the great number. They would be focused on the great God. So, so what, what happened, what, what has happened throughout um, the, the Old Testament reading is we have seen God to show himself faithful no matter what the situation looked like. So God would allow things to happen that made it look all bad so that he could show up and show that it's all good. 
And if there was not a bad situation, then how could he prove himself to be good? Because there would be no point of reference. So God kept showing himself over and over through dr dramatic situations so that his people would come to know that there is a God that's bigger than every form of trouble that ever hit the earth. And so in, in, in this particular text, we, we have to realize that no trouble. So say, God loves me. Do you believe that? Mm -hmm. Your God that loves you, how big is he? Uh, that is the question I'd have to ask you, because if your God is the same God that I serve, he's God almighty. He is God all knowing. He is God omnipotent. He's God all, all powerful. If he is all of that and he loves him some you. And don't you understand that your God is your provider? Your God is your protector. As a matter of fact, your God is Jehovah Nisi, your banner, your victory. Is he truly Jehovah Nisi to you? Do you believe that your God is Jehovah Nisi? That's a question that I have to ask the church. And you, if, if, if your God is Jehovah Nisi, then give him a crazy praise. I just want to see. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and, and so everybody did not give him a crazy praise because the, the problem is the inner, the, there's some inner you that is fighting against the will of God so you can identify with who he is. And I've learned, I have learned that I'm tired of going through some unnecessary stuff. I'm just going to be satisfied to know that my God is bigger than anything and he can get me through anything and he, can all, he is awesome. He is all of that and then some. He, he, ooh, he, ooh, and he loves him some Felix. He does. He, he loves me. As a matter of fact, he likes me too. And you know, you know how we do it. I, I'm going to love him, but I don't like him. What, what, where, where is that in the Bible? You know, God loves you. He likes you too. And if, if you love, if you truly love somebody, you got to like them too. And stop using the baggage that you're carrying around to judge somebody to keep you spread apart. So that way you cannot have that good and pleasant. And the enemy has tricked us that if we hold on to stuff, then we just, that's all good. That is all bad. It's bad for you. Holding on to stuff, wanting to be mad at somebody. You have a choice to make every day. And this might help your choice. When you messed up, did God stay mad at you? So then if somebody else messed up, do you stay mad at them? It don't do you no good. You know what I found? Being mad give me a heart heartache. I got so mad one time, I ended up in, in the hospital. Heart hurting, they gave me Prilosec. I thought I was dying. I was dying. You're right. <laughs> and so we, we, we learned that we're carrying around stuff in the church. And God is unifying the church. And so it's time to let go of stuff. Put that baggage down because God has an inheritance waiting for you. God, listen, God has stored up blessings for his obedient ones. They're all, listen, it's already done. Do you realize that God has already set so much stuff up for you? And listen, you have not obtained it. You have not walked in the inheritance of God. Because, because you have entertained the devil's work. Pastor, what you talking about? I don't entertain no devil. Yes, you do. You entertain them. 
And any time, listen, I, I went to theaters, theater show and sometimes, or, or a concert, and sometimes if you give them a standing ovation and they're done, you can keep clapping. They'll come back out and give you some additional performance. And, and see, what, God only allows certain things to happen for a time, a certain amount of time before God has to show his victory over it. You could have had victory a long time ago, but you have kept giving a standing ovation to some darkness, and you have kept the darkness in place. Well, how do I do that, preacher? By talking about the darkness. Talking about what's wrong. Spend all day long talking about what's wrong. Get on the phone. Talk about what's wrong for 59 minutes. And the last minute, let's just ask for prayer. I'm glad. I'm glad you asked for prayer. Because <laughs> all it takes is one moment with God. And it changes everything. But you hold things in place by talking about it. You wake up, something's happening with the body, you're not, you're not feeling that good, and you want to talk about how bad you feel. For real? God has given us. He, listen, the, the word said that he made us adopted in him, which means that he changed our DNA. Yep, you were O positive or B negative or AB I don't know what it was. You were. But when God came into you and gave you his spirit, you became his child. You have new DNA. You no longer function as a world function, but you function in kingdom living. You are the king's kid. And so, so it no longer is about you, but it's about him. Do you know that in just that short um, peripheral, that short um, pericope, that short uh, portion of chapter one, he, he mentions him, himself, he, and his 21 times. And what he's saying is, this is not about you at all. You've made it about you. And because you made it about you, I keep knocking you down and you keep failing because it is not about you. You are still walking in a system that you don't belong to anymore. I have called you up to kingdom living and you have made this about you. But when you get into kingdom living, you make it all about him. So then no matter what's going on, he's going on. Ah, he's bigger than any trouble. He, he's better than any situation. And the reason why it gets you down is because you have taken your focus off of him and put your focus on it. What is it? I don't know what it is. But whatever it is, you need to kill it and put your eyes on him. And when you take your eyes off of it and put your eyes on him, you, you allow him permission for him to show off in your life. So Paul, he, he, he's writing to encourage the believer. And the first thing he wants you to know is 
that you already have grace and you already have peace. So you don't have to look from peace from people because he's given it to all of us. And if you got your peace and you got your peace, when I looked at puzzles, they were made up in pieces. But the picture didn't look right if a piece was missing. So God's picture of his church don't look right because this piece, as this piece is built, it has curves and crooks all around it. And everybody don't want to connect because you're looking at the piece. But if you connect anyway and look at the one who is putting all the pieces together and understand what God is putting together is bringing forth a picture so that we could see his kingdom at hand. You wouldn't mind getting together even if it didn't feel right. You could get together with somebody else even if it don't look right because somebody needs to see a picture of what heaven looks like. You're the missing piece. And the enemy knows that when the church comes together and the world sees the picture, the world will come outside of that darkness and start following the light because the picture is the light. But, but we, we, we struggle because we say one thing with our mouth, but we believe something else in our heart. Um, do you know that God really does love you? Because you'll say yes. But your actions do not line up with what your mouth just said. Because if God really loves you and he's all powerful and he is your victory and he is your protector, do you know that nothing can get to you unless God allows it to? Say it's about him. So then if something gets to you to hurt you, it's not whatever got to you that brought the hurt on. It's him. Because he loves you and he's your protector. Come here for a minute. He didn't know he was going to be used today this way. But let's just look at him as our protector. And so he stands in front of me. And I make my life about him. And so I get in the secret place with him. It says, they that dwell in the secret place with the Almighty shall, shall abide in the shadows. So while I stay with him, I abide in his shadow. So wherever he goes, 
I go. And where he goes, I go. And nothing can get to him. Nothing gets through him unless he allows it to get through him. Because he's so powerful that if a hundred men, a hundred thousand men came, he could lift up his hand and all of them would fall out. That's how powerful God is. And if trouble was blowing in the wind, his mouth can say, peace be still. And everything blowing would have to cease because that's the God that you serve. The problem is the church forgets that it's about him. And when trouble shows up, you sneak around and try to act like you his God. That you know more than he knows. But he's the God that allowed the trouble to get there in the first place. Why? So that you can understand that he is a bridge over the trouble. Oh, wait a minute. That means everything that God does is good. So if trouble gets to you, even if it hurts you, the trouble isn't designed to hurt you. The trouble is designed to help you. But in order to help most of us, we need to get hurt. Because we need ourselves to sit down and run back and hide behind God because we start thinking too much about ourselves. Nanny, nanny, nanny. You know, when I was a kid, Ha, 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 ha. You can't get me. And so instead of getting out there trying to battle the trouble, it's time for you to run back to God and say, nanny, 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 you can't get me. Because if God allowed the trouble, it is only so that you can get closer to him. Thank you. Bless you. Come on, give him a hand. Bless God for us. I was, I was a kid. I was a short little joker. I was short. I was short for a very long time. I used to pray to be tall. God, please just make me tall. I was just a little cat in high school, little. And I was at the baseball game. I got in a fight. Yeah, I used to fight. I was fighting with a dude, and I was, I was knocking him out. I did. I said, I'm going to tell you guys the truth. I was knocking him out. And he got up out the dust. He reached in his pocket and pulled out a knife. And I could fly too. I said, <laughs> and he was on me. He was chasing me with the knife. And I hit the corner because I knew where my daddy was. See, I know he remembered this because he was watching the baseball game. And he was on me. But I ran to my daddy. And when I got to my daddy, it stopped him right in his tracks. And he took off the other way. And my dad said, what's wrong? Who's that messing with my son? What am I saying? That's how God is. God is waiting for you 
to run and get up on his lap and tell him about your trouble because he is the answer to whatever you are going through. God said, I need to unify my body and you've been drifting on your own way too long. Say, I belong to God. So he, he, he tells us that he sealed us with his spirit. Now, if God seals something, nobody can break the seal. So when you're in, you're in. Say, I'm in. I'm in. We're in the church, but there's a problem in church because people are in the church. People still sin. Wait, people sin even if they're anointed. So then, if we know we sin, why we judge somebody else's sin? When you still got something of your own. Here's what, how, how, let me show you something, show you something about God. God. God is so awesome. He said, well, if I can't get you to stop judging, then I'm going to let you mess up. Because let me show you, every single one of you is one step away from falling. Just one. And the other foot's on a banana peel. And if God take his hand off of you, you're going down. Because it's not about you. It's about the God who is in charge of you. And he's the only thing that's holding you up. And without him holding you up, you're going to fall down. So instead of talking about who's down, be grateful that he didn't let you fall down. Is there anybody in here that could just get happy about God holding them up? That you could be happy while he raises somebody else up who has fallen on the ground. Somebody say, it's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time for the church to unify. And we can't do it without him. Yep, I know. I got some issues. I've done some things. And it might be hard to connect. But can you just connect anyway? Just Can we just have one thing in common? Jesus is the head of my life. And if he's the head of my life, is he the head of your life? Oh, he is? Well, then let's just come together. When we get that one principle down that he's the only head, then there'll be more body for bodies to come together. The problem is everybody in the body want to be a head. So we put our head in it. We want to think it all out. But God does not work through that vehicle called the human mind. He works through a vehicle called faith. He's given us grace, and he works through faith. Let me share something with you. There was a, a man in the Bible by the name of Gideon, and he was outnumbered. The Bible says that they, the army was going to attack him, and the, the, the number of the men that were going to attack him was um, they couldn't even count them. It was like sand. And God said, you got 30,000 men, reduce them. Wait a minute. I got 30,000. I'm about to fight a million. 
but God says reduce them. He, he reduced them down, and then that, God said, that's still not enough for me. And he reduced them again. And as he reduced them, he was empowering the ones that were still there because he was unifying them. It's easier for a few of us to get together. Can you imagine if all of us come together in unity that God would then make a move where, listen, we would multiply 12. So if there's 100 of us, it'll be 1,200 in the body of Christ. But the reason why it's not working that way is because the body of Christ is not coming together. We want to talk about what's wrong instead of talking about who's right. Is there anybody in here just want to have Jesus conversations? There was a, another guy in the Bible by the name of King Jehoshaphat. And there was a spirit that exists today, the Moabite spirit and the Amorite spirit. And they came against him to destroy him. But watch what happened. The Bible said when they came to destroy him, he heard they were coming. Somebody said, God will get the word out. He heard they was coming. He said he feared, but then the next move, it said he called on the Lord. So it's okay to admit, hey, I got fearful, but my fear drove me to God. And so when he feared, he, he, he went to the Lord, and the Lord said, gather all my people together. God says, I'm not doing nothing until you get them together. And then I'm sure if I'm Jehoshaphat, I'm thinking, God, how am I going to do that? God said, tell them about your trouble. So he gathered all the people together, and he told them, these people that we, we, we didn't slaughter, they have now joined together, and they're coming against us to kill us. But the Lord said, don't worry worship so when he called them together they all came together say, say together. together and when they got together they began to worship the bible says they got up early in the morning he said the ones that could play instruments start playing the ones that could sing just start singing and you other folks just start jumping and shouting because we're going to give god all that we got because he's our only hope and sometimes God got to get you in a position so for you to recognize that he is our only hope. He was our hope yesterday. He's our hope today. And he's our hope tomorrow. And without him, we are hopeless. But with him, we are hopeful. We are full of hope. God is it. The Bible says God had already set their victory in place. But the church could not get the victory until they came together. What am I saying? The victory was done. All the blessings of God was already set up for his people. But they couldn't get them because they were apart. But he said, come together. When they came together, they began to praise God. Grateful, grateful, grateful. See, nothing else matters. Just being grateful. 
and they began to praise. The Bible says their praise went up. God grabbed their praise and took the praise, the sound that they gave him, and he sent a praise into the enemy's camp. Wait, wait, wait. Here's the breaking news. The enemy don't like praise. That's why he's trying to hush you. Because when you release praise into the atmosphere, it changes things. Now watch this. They began to praise God. God got the praise and sent it down into the enemy's camp. This is Second Chronicles chapter 20. He sent the praise down into the enemy's camp. The Bible says when the praise hit the camp, that sound caused confusion. Wait a minute. The devil is the author of confusion. So when you send praise to confusion, it causes a great confusion. So when the confusion hit the camp, the Bible says they began to kill one another. What am I saying? It's not your fight to try to battle his way. It's your fight to give God praise and he'll send your praise that you send him over into the enemy's camp. And the Bible says they killed one another so that when the people of God showed up, they just got to pick up all the gold and all the silver. Why? Because God had already put it there and waited for them to come together. When the problem, we're going to go home. At the end of the text, he says that they trusted him. Do you trust God? Mm -hmm. Most of us trust God until it looks like it's something that's too big for us. But that's when you're supposed to trust him all the more. Because if you can't handle it, you need a God who can. And when you understand if the trouble is too much for you, that's God showing up to say, I got this. And all we got to do is come together and let him have this. And so, and so, so we, we understand it's trust, 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 trust. Proverbs 3, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Proverbs 3, 5. Let's put it on the board real quick. We're going to go home. Y'all ready for this? Somebody say trust him. Come on, just tell your neighbor, you got to trust him. Trust him. It's going to be okay. Trust him. Trust him. Say it's done. Trust him. So, 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 now get this. King Solomon says this. All wisdom, he says, trust in yourself. Okay? So, it's not about you. There's going to be stuff in, that's going to happen in your life that's going to almost break you. There's going to be some pain that hits you that's going to almost take you out. But say, trust him. Somebody might be experiencing it right now. But I'm going to tell you right now is a time for you to trust God if there's never been a time. It's time for the people of God. If you can't agree on nothing, agree that we trust God to work it all out. I'm just going to trust him. Trust, 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 trust in the Lord. With what? Oh, wait a minute. It does not say some. Now, you, you know what gets me is we want to give some, a person, I'm going to give you my whole heart, baby. 
then gave it away so many times, got broken so many times. But can't wait to give it away again. But God says to give me all your heart. But we, we give them some of it. Mm-hmm. You, you know how it is? You'll give God your everything when it's, when it's working. And then you get comfortable. Then you get, start giving them some of it. See, God, God wants all of it. What God wants, God gives. You know the answer. So if you only giving him some of your heart, get ready for trouble. Because he's going to get it all. One way or another. What God wants, God gets. You trust in the Lord with all your heart. Now, do you remember Peter? Peter, Peter was walking with Jesus. Peter, Peter said he loved Jesus. I mean, Jesus, I got this. I'm, I'm giving you my whole heart. Peter, Peter didn't even know if it was Jesus when, when, when the fog was over, over the water at about 4 a.m. and Jesus came walking. Peter said, hey, Jesus, if that's you, if, bid me to come. Jesus said, come. Now get this. If God speaks and instructs somebody to do something, they just do it. Because God's word has control. That's why when he said, let there be light, it had to shine. So when you, if you're saying, oh, I can't hear from God. I don't know if it's God or not. If you're trying to decipher if it was God or not, it wasn't him. Because when God speaks, trust me, you know it was him. Because even when you don't want to do it, you just start doing it anyway. And then we're like, how'd that happen? Why? Because God spoke to you and you had to do it. And he said, oh, I don't know if it was God or not, so I didn't do nothing. Well, you weren't supposed to do nothing. Because when God speaks, his people have to answer. Peter jumped out on the water before he knew it. He was walking, walking on water, and, and he was focused on him. He was focused on Jesus. He, he, his whole heart was after Jesus. The Bible says the wind started blowing, and he took his eyes off Jesus. And that's what happens to the church. When God allows wind to blow in our life, we take our eyes off of the very thing that was holding us up in the first place. The problem that I have with that is that we can't even see wind. Peter couldn't even see the wind. But he took his eyes off of Jesus because of the wind. And most of us, we can't even see what's going on, but take our eyes off of Jesus just because our mind allow our thoughts to go to a place that it should never go in the first place. Let God consume your thoughts. <laughs> Trust in the Lord with all your heart and, 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 and lean not on what you're trying to think about. Trying to process everything. We weren't called to be processors. We were called to love God and love his people. And we want to process everything. Oh, yeah, well, if this and if that, well, and if this and, well, if God wasn't as loving as he was, you'd be in a grave. How about that? 
So then if that is the case, then let's just drop our ifs because he's the only one that can control that if. How about if God gets into this, we're going to see some miracle work in power. How about that if you're going to use if? Let's put God in it. This is about him. Put God in the mix of it. Don't put putting the enemy in it. Put God in the mix of it. Oh, the devil, uh, the, de- the devil is defeated. It's this joker that's the problem. Lean not on your own understanding, Mr. and Mrs. Know-it-all. Not. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, you mean to tell me uh, I'm not supposed to think about it? No, I said don't think about it. What I'm telling you is go get wisdom to put on it. What did God say about it? Faith cometh by and hearing by. So then we need to use the vehicle of faith to get us over to that blunder that God has already set up for. The blessings of God is already waiting for you. And you're going to have to use faith in order to get to it. So you might as well just start your engines right now and let God take you the rest of the way and say, I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I know God does. And I'm going to trust God until I make it because his promises are irrevocable over my life. And God says that I have an inheritance and everything that the Lord has belongs to me. And I already claim the riches of God. I got to get to them. Faith, take me there. Your feet can't do it. But faith can do it. Faith is believing. Oh, wait, 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 wait. That's why he wants us together. Because if you believe it, and I believe it, then God could get in the middle of it if we come together. Well, two or more come together. It says, there he is. Well, if he's in it, when two get together, can 200 of us get together and watch God move? Do you understand that God is not going to move until his church gets together? Because he's not going to leave his arm behind. He ain't leaving a fingernail or a finger. He's picking the whole body. Everybody in the body belongs to God. And if they mess up, pick them up, dust them off, and say, you're still a part of the body. Let's go. I can't go without you. I need you. Lean not on your own understanding. Verse 6. Verse 6. In all, in, in all, in in all your way. Acknowledge who? Who's it about? Everything that happens is about him. Every kingdom-minded person should know this is about God. But this is bad. Yeah, but God's going to work it out. Yeah, this don't feel good. But yeah, but God's going to work it out. God will work out everything. And the what delays him working it out is the body. We got to come together. God wants us together. 
We want to go and hug the ones we love and kiss. Oh, yeah, it's so nice. You're so nicey-nicey. And the one that gets on your last nerve, you walk by and won't speak. They need love, too. If you don't believe me, wait. God will give you a turn. He'll cause you to mess up. So that you can unify. We are his church. And he wants all of us, all of our ways. We give him some of our ways on Sunday. For two hours, he get all of us. We get out into the, in the parking lot. We went from 100 to 99. Drive down the street and somebody irritate us on the road. Oh, they go 10%. We had about 90. He had all our way. He had us here. But why isn't here there? Wherever we go, we should be his church. Don't let somebody else's behavior diminish the character of God that's in you. They only messed up because they need help. With all their ways. You know when God first saved me? I gave him some of my ways. Let me tell you what happened. I was out partying. I told y'all I, I was a wayward child. My mom ain't in here no more. Amen. This might set her back. So let me tell the story while she ain't in here. Oh, yeah, there she is. He's hiding out on me. <laughs> That's all right. God gave her enough grace for it. <laughs> I remember I told you guys about the story. My dad told me to watch the barbecue. And I was eight. He said, watch that barbecue while I'm gone, me and my brother. He's, my brother's nine. He said, watch that barbecue. The barbecue pit was, it was smoking, right? He left. I said, watch that pit. I was watching it. That's what he told me. He said, watch it. I watched it. Came back. My dad came back. He opened it up. Fire was everywhere. And the meat was burned on the bar. He was mad. I'm, I'm eight. I'm laughing. Because I can't understand why he's mad. He said, I told you to watch it. I said, I did. But he didn't tell me what to do. And so he said, and my, my, my other brother was scared. My dad, he's he mad. He's mad. He was mad. And I ought to whoop you. And my brother got scared. And when he got scared, that made it funnier to me. I was one of those crazy kids. I was just laughing. I'm just laughing at him being scared. I'm laughing at him being mad. I'm just laughing. I'm having a good old time. And he looked at me laughing. He said, yeah, I'm going to whoop you. My brother jumped up and started crying. Oh, we're going to get a whooping. So we got a whooping. And I told my dad one day, I told my dad, I said, I said, Dad, you know, you remember that time you whooped me? He said, yeah. I said, do you know why you whooped me? I told you why. I said, Dad, I was eight. I didn't know nothing about watching barbecue. You didn't tell me that flames happened, throw water on it. And flame, I, I didn't know. He said, ooh, I didn't know either. <laughs> but he had told me something when I was 10. He said, listen. 
sometimes you're going to get a whooping for something you didn't do. For all the stuff you didn't get caught doing. And so when he used to go to sleep and wake up on Saturday and Sunday morning saying somebody's stealing the gas out of his car, and I was taking his new Cadillac Eldorado out to the parties and parking it back in the driveway, I, I said well, that was for the barbecue. <laughs> what I'm saying is sometimes we think we're doing right and we're not. And there's other times when you know you belong to God. God woke me up one cold December night, and I was sweating and burning with fire, and I was crying. I ran upstairs, grabbed my Bible off the nightstand because I was religious. I knew God was real, but I loved, I loved having fun Felix's way. But I kept a Bible, it was dust on it. I never opened it before. I didn't even know there was 66 books. All I knew it was a lot of reading, and I didn't know how to understand it. And I opened it up, and I happened to open the Bible to Jeremiah. And I started reading, and I'm crying. And it said, before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. And I anointed you to be a prophet to the nations. And I started crying even harder. I said, God, no, no, no. I know you're not calling me to preach because I don't even know how to interpret this Bible. I don't understand it. He said, keep reading. I read it. The next verse, it said, you just go, and I'm going to put my word in your mouth. Don't say you're only a child. And I said, okay, Lord. Okay, Lord. And from that point, God has been using me ever since. Have I made mistakes along the way? Absolutely. But when he did start using me, let me tell you what I did, what most of us do. I said, God, he said, clean out your closet. So I got me a big glad bag and I started throwing all of my worldly stuff in it. And that bag was full too. I put my scale in it, everything. Yeah, you know what I was getting. I had a crazy life. And I grabbed the bag. But God, let me tell you, I grabbed the bag, he said, come, come, and I took the bag, and I put it in the closet. Wonder why I put it in the closet? I said, if God don't show himself to be all that he is, I'm going back to doing Felix. I did. I, that was in my mind. And, the, and, and a lot of us, we, we feel that way about God. If God don't do this, then I'm going to do that. That's giving some of yourself. But God says, all your way. I want that dirty thing about you. You know the stuff you do in secret? I want that. You know those thoughts that you have that don't line up right? That's mine too. I'm the only one that can clean it up. I want it all. And that Friday night, I went to bed Thursday night, that Friday morning, 5 a.m., God woke me up and says, I said, clean your closet. So I ran to the closet. And I grabbed my bag of all that stuff. And I ran out. And as I was coming down the stairs, I heard the garbage man coming up. I opened the door, crying down, tears in my eyes, with my bag of some. 
the garbage man was standing there leaning up against the garbage truck with his other hand like this. I walked out. I handed him all my worldly stuff. He said, thank you, son. And that day, God took all of that stuff and said, I want all of you. Let it all go and watch who I am in your life. Not some of you, all of you. I use my bag as an analogy. A lot of us are walking around with spiritual bags. Can't nobody see them. But the reason why you cannot get there is because of some of your ways. God says, trust me. When you give me your whole heart and your ways, he says, he says in all your ways acknowledge him. He says, and I will direct your path. He says, why do I need to direct you? Because you don't know where I have stored all the promises I have for your life. And I got to direct you to them. Do you know that you are one forgiveness away from walking in destiny? Just one. Just one. Just one. You can connect. You, 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 listen, the person that, that might have hurt you, if you connect with them, that might be the one that leads you. Let God lead you the rest of the way. It's time for the church to stop judging. This is about God. And he will hook you up with the right hookup so that he can walk you to all of his promises. Give God a hand of praise. Everybody rest to your feet.